you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast is a manufactured joke. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wesley, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's week 17. I thought there was like a, a curse of football for a while. Uh, the old Zeuser, you know, has a couple Tito's and tries to get into college football on Saturday and just got bombed out uh, by two just wretched football games. And then I'm thinking I'm on my high horse. I was about to begin today's podcast. I was thinking last night by just destroying the college games, how great the pro game is. And then the early games today, it was like, oh, my God, maybe there's something bigger going on uh, with the sport, maybe some type of curse. Uh, but there was some fun in the late the Browns games. saved us, as always, saved football. As always. And there the go, NFL Mark. does wipe the floor with college. Please. The, the very best of their players can only hope to get into this league. By definition, right. it's better. I mean, the primary issue. With, dog, Mark with a C. Co- the issue with college football for me is like I have, you know, over the course of 10,000 games that are on various TVs, don't care about the result of any of them ever. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's a problem uh, for them hooking you. If they haven't done it by now, they probably won't. Uh, but there's a lot to get to. Yes, that was one of my and we're going to get to it. One of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene of the 2018 season was an entire sea of silver or uh, black and yellow at Heinz Field. 80,000 fans, 53 players on the field, coaches, watching the Browns, hoping that Baker Mayfield could will them into the uh, the Browns to a win. It didn't happen, and it cost the Steelers their season. We'll get to all that, uh, but why don't we start, gentlemen? Let's dive right into it uh, with a team that did claim the AFC North. Baker Mayfield to throw under pressure. His pass is intercepted. C.J. Mosley picks Go it down. off. Go down. Jerry Sandusky, Justin Forsett, WBAL with the call. 
Baker Mayfield's fourth and long pass intercepted the last-minute turnover, the difference in the Ravens' 26-24 win over the Browns at a delirious M&T Bank Stadium. The win clinches the AFC North with the Ravens one year after they were knocked out of the playoffs in stunning fashion by the Bengals in Week 17. The loss also effectively eliminates the Steelers or eliminated the Steelers at the moment. That is a good day at the office. Mark Sessler for the Ravens and company. The better team has made the playoffs from the AFC North and a team that is surging in all the right ways right now. The Ravens shut down the run and they are running the ball in a way that I've never seen any team do. And that's How not How many breaking. yards today? It was almost 300 296. yards, 296. Right? And a lot of that came in the first three quarters. They, they mauled Cleveland's run defense early. And what I think is so impressive about them and why there's such a danger to the Chargers and whoever else they play down the stretch is that they force your offense into morphing into a big play attack or you're gone. And Cleveland responded with big plays today and they came around and hung around in this game and were able to, you know, with Baker Mayfield and with a, an assortment of wide receivers, get back into it. But if you don't find the way to do that, if you're the Chargers next week, you're in a lot of hot water. There were some weird plays in this game, which we can get into it, that I thought hurt Cleveland, too. They had a killer missed field goal, and they had a Lamar Jackson goal line dive that was for biggest. a touchdown. Right. right. The ball bounces out of his hands. It, it ricochets back, and it's picked up, picked up by Jabril Preppers, who looks like he's going to run for a touchdown. He essentially does, but it was blown dead by the refs, which is a 14-point swing. But Cleveland also failed to stop Baltimore too many times in this game. You have to give credit to the Ravens. Another way to look at that is that if Lamar Jackson kind of didn't do an unforced error there, it's 27-7, to and they came out with a purpose. And that's what's impressive about Baltimore's running game is that they come it, it it usually you see with the running game you pile up yardage at the end of the games and this is not the first time this has happened where their first 11 their first 14 carries they average 11 yards per carry this wasn't a small sample it was 5 for Dixon 5 for Jackson 5 or 6 for Edwards all of them ended up with great yards per carry but they're coming out being able to run the ball like that and you just like don't ever see that we always complain ooh we got a lock that was my lock yes oh you're red hot rosenthal I mean, it's all just—it's all just setting up. Uh, did this check out in the desert? Yeah, I, much, saw, I like to look at the desert much like scenario the, before this the game. The Jimmy Kimmel run of 2002 when he came back from 12 down with 12 to play. One of the great picks comebacks. This Jimmy checked Kimmel. out in the, with the desert. Well, this was just a lock. Uh, a lock. So <laughs> I to, mean, I know how to. I know how this narrative plays out at various times, but fair enough. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was under it was under a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, this running game, this defense, it is a cliche and a tired one, Wes, but they are the Ravens, the proverbial team you do not want to play right now. And they are, even though I was excited about the Steelers maybe backing in, at the end of the day, especially after the Steelers kind of over underwhelmed today in a must-win game, the Ravens are the team that should be in the AFC mix, and they could beat anybody in that conference. I think it's, like Mark said, it's their defense marries so well with their running game, and we complain all the time about coaches crumbling in the crucible of a tight game, playing conservative. You see Wink Martindale dial up four straight zero blitzes to end the game. Yep. I mean, that was incredible to watch it. I mean, they're leaving nobody in the defensive backfield. They're just coming after Baker. Right, and Baker Mayfield had a chance on, I think it was second down, to hit Jarvis Landry. He rushed the throw a little bit without a ton of pressure there on that particular play. And if he makes that play, you know, we have a totally different reaction because here's the reality. 
They averaged seven and a half yards per play against the Ravens. They hit the Ravens for big plays. They got 426 yards in this play. Like the Browns and the Ravens look like very even teams. Well, the Ravens have given up 300 yards passing three times in this season. It's once to Patrick Mahomes. It's twice to Baker Mayfield. And Mayfield today broke the NFL record, rookie record for passing touchdowns. And that's not having played the entire season. I mean, they they did battle with Baltimore's defense. I, I, it's up to the Chargers to find a way to do the same thing. I think if you're Gus Bradley... And you're and you're dealing with how to game plan for them. You are sweating right now. I think it really helps so they just play. It does. I think it helps the Chargers just because the Ravens have are such a tough team to prepare for. But we'll have all week yeah. to talk about that. We will. And you could look. You could see the other side of that argument as well. Uh, we will get into all that as the week rolls on. Uh, but for now, let's move on to another game with huge playoff implications. This time in the NFC. White, Wims, and Bellamy scattered to the left side. Cohen to the right of Mitch Trubisky. Five on the play clock. Bears moving right to left. Takes the snap. Giving it to uh, Cohen. Cohen's got the goal line. He barrels into the end zone for the touchdown. Cohen's in from the three. Bears up 19-10. 7.46 left in the game. Jeff Joniak, WBBM with the call. The Bears, you know, they didn't really have much to play for once uh, the Rams are taking care of business. Uh, but... And the Vikings had everything to play for, but you wouldn't know it from what transpired on Sunday in Minneapolis. Leaning on a dominant defense that shut down Kirk Cousins and company, the Bears beat the Vikings 24-10. The loss coupled with the Eagles' win over the Redskins knocks the Vikings out of the playoffs. Wes, another season of bitter disappointment for a franchise that has seen plenty. Well, with this effort today, they don't belong in the playoffs, and I'm glad they're gone. The Eagles, over the last three weeks, have proven that they deserve to be there with the season on the line, whereas the Vikings, in the second half of the season, the offense disappeared. Their offensive line can't push anyone around. Whatever disconnect is going on with Kirk Cousins and his receivers, I mean, this what happened with him and Adam Thielen today, that is not the first time that's happened over the past month. This has been an ongoing issue. Wes is referring to a sideline incident where they appeared to be arguing. Thank you. Yes, they Arguing very intensely. Intense is an interesting word considering what Mike Zimmer told the Fox broadcast crew that Kirk Cousins was too amped up, that he was too tense. And I struggle with how to define clutch or how to define performance in big games. Kirk Cousins is now 4-25 and against teams with winning records in his career. And maybe... He, maybe that's a theme for him throughout his career. He gets two tenths for big games, but whatever it is, he's a good quarterback who doesn't play like a good quarterback all the time, When, especially in late December. We've seen that. I mean, when you hear that story about Mike Zimmer has to tell him to just go have fun, you know, before these games because he just knows. Maybe that's so contagious with his tight. teammates, too. I mean, I, a couple. It was a bad day for Mike Zimmer and maybe Daniel get into it. I know that was on your radar. But it, here's the another part of Mike Zimmer's bad day. He came out of halftime. Here's what he said to Aaron Andrews. We need to run the ball more. That was your takeaway from the first half of that game is that you need to run the ball. They that's been his takeaway for like six. Right. Weeks I mean, wake up. Their offensive <laughs> line against Akeem Hicks and those guys, they can't run the ball. I mean, you look at the, it was a complete. Um, meltdown for the Vikings on offense. And and this was something that if you've been following the team, this was always in play because they had shrunk in the spotlight over and over again against teams that were better than 500. They struggled all season. And Cousins has the track record, even in Washington, of not always coming up big when it counted most. So, and it all kind of came together in their, in their own building. I mean, they had 164 yards of total offense 49 in the first half on 25 with their, plays. With their season on the line against a team that by the third quarter 
had nothing to play for and was pulling key players off the field, even when the game was still somewhat in doubt uh, about midway through the fourth quarter and Khalil Mack and anybody else that you would need if you're the Bears to close out a game that mattered. Cousins still couldn't find a way to get in the end zone. I don't know what else too you many, need Too many to checkdowns. I mean, way too many checkdowns when time was a factor. And let's sp- spread the blame around a little bit. A defense that could not get off the field on third downs against Mitch Trubisky and a Mitch Trubisky without in the second half of the game without his three top receivers. They could not get off the field against this guy. They could not stop Jordan Howard, who's had a bad season, and the Bears running game that hasn't been consistent at all. This defense in its own building is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL, and they did not play like it. The moment of hope for Minnesota fans came weeks ago when they switched offensive coordinators and came out and thrashed the Dolphins with a run-heavy attack that you thought, like some of these other teams, could be that way down the stretch, and that was a mirage. It never, it never carried over from that game. And it's really concerning that you have to be a head coach telling your multi-million dollar uber expensive quarterback about how to lower your tension rate before these games. When you have rookie quarterbacks going out and playing massive big games with none of those issues being one of them at all. And it goes to show how difficult. Who locked this one up? I locked up the Vikes. There you go. Nice job. The Bears. It goes to show how hard it is to get back because this team, they've built this defense for this moment for five years, really. And they replace their quarterback. They upgrade at quarterback. And they think they're just going to be back in the mix. And it, and it goes so you got to show up when you have your chance. Like the Bears, I, I can't imagine being more proud of a team of the ATL than the Bears today. In a game that they didn't win to go knock out a division opponent. And, and you should give their de- – I mean, yes, the Vikings offense struggled. But a lot of teams have struggled against this Bears defense. It's the best defense in the league. They don't they don't have days like the Ravens have where they give up 460 yards or whatever out of the blue. They're awesome every single week and it and it's one of the reasons I think like the Bears are absolutely a Super Bowl contender and who knows, this might be their time that they need to take advantage of cuz a lot of things are going right. They are banged up though. At wide receiver. They are. They're banged up and I think Allen Robinson sat out on a day where if the game really mattered, he would have played. And they did get Kyle Long back today. I believe he only played half the game, but they're working him back in after being out for two months. The Bears finished 12-4, and four, um, and if not uh, for the Rams having such a great season, they would be have a, they would be on a bye. It's not working out that way. But the Vikings, this is going to be a long offseason for them because this is one of the, like I said at the top, a, a team that has disappointment dotted throughout their history this cousins was supposed to be the final piece instead they don't even make the playoffs this year and there were boo birds in minnesota you never hear we went to minneapolis for a super bowl those people do not boo they are supporting their team but there was such frustration and you could totally get it 164 total yards Hmm. let us move on to the team that took the vikings playoff spot falls but sprawls to his left motion to the near side falls back fires complete Nick Foles is the magic man. The Eagles' backup quarterback delivered another fine performance, throwing two touchdowns and tying the NFL record with 25 straight completions. Not own in a 24-zip win over the Redskins. The news wasn't all good. However, Foles left the game with a rib injury, putting his status in doubt for next week's wildcard matchup against the Bears. We'll see how that plays out. But a good day for the Eagles, Nick Shook. Welcome, buddy, uh, who got hot, showed heart, and they're going back to the dance to defend their title. Yeah, you know, hopefully Nick Foles uh, can recover from what ailed him in this game because he was really good. Uh, At one point, had a 25 straight completion uh, streak, tying Phillip Rivers and moving the offense. I wouldn't say... 
you know, this isn't peak Eagles like last year or anything like that, but it was efficient and it got the job done. And, you know, meanwhile, their defense did a good job holding the Redskins, obviously, to zero points. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a completely feeble effort on the part of the Redskins. So if there was one way to chalk up a, a, a route to kind of backdoor your way into the playoffs, this is it. I mean, there's nothing backdoor about what the Eagles pulled off here. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, everyone thought they were dead in the water when Dallas beat them in overtime. And they just said, screw it. We're going to win the rest of our games. And then they got help because the Vikings gagged. And Nick Foles, I mean, I've my evaluation of him is constantly like evolving. <laughs> Where are we at? Under fire. I think you guys need to just go into the ring together. And just take, you, I, mean, the I think he's you, one please. of the most admirable professional athletes we have today. This is a new take, and I no, like it. No, I just I've all, I've thought that's put that on your social uh, video last year. But that's separate from the evaluation of what he is as a player. And Dan, you said the other day this it, it's December, it's January, it's a different Nick Foles. And I said I just don't believe that. But I have to adjust my evaluation because when you talk about clutch, like people have been studying this for a long time, baseball specifically, is there a clutch gene? And I, I think what I've learned over the years. Certain players who are average players can become good for stretches of their career. It's just not very predictive, and it doesn't last your entire career. It can be knocked out by one player or one performance, but he's rolling, and I'm, I accept that, and I was wrong. How that's, about how I, that's how I look at my career. Good, streaky, a little <laughs> bit, but a lot of down moments. How about this, Wes? Is um, Nick Foles the bizarro Kirk Cousins? Or vice I think, versa. I think that's fair. And I think there's something mentally, psychologically with the two of them where Foles is surging with confidence. And it's like, you know, when you're 16 and you're taking driver's ed and the really smart, conscientious kids are terrible drivers. <laughs> yeah. And yes. the kids who are bad kids Left are like thinkers. great drivers. And I think that's sort of how like Foles is confident and he doesn't care. And Cousins does that intense type A personality where he has well, he has to pass the test. If you're listening, by the way, Wes says if you're a good driver, you're dumb. <laughs> Basically. Well, it, but the rest of the team is coming together, too. I mean, Nick Foles threw a, an interception, a ghastly interception in the red zone against the Rams that let them back in that game. But what else has happened the last three weeks? The front four for the Eagles had started to play like they did a year ago. They've been yep. good all year, but they've been great this month. Darren Sproles is back. Uh, the secondary settled down a little bit. Maybe it's because the opponents haven't been able to take advantage. But if you've like, at least according to PFF, Razul Douglas and Avanti Maddox has kind of settled down that secondary. They've overcome that. So it's not just Foles. I mean, they held them to 89 yards. I know it's the Redskins with Josh not Johnson, but that's a full game. They held them to 89 yards. That's I, will, a drive. I will say one one thing that did not go Nick Foles' way, and let's see how calm he is about this. I'd assume he'd be pretty calm because he's essentially a hero forever in the city. We'll never need to he's buy Rocky a steak or a drink. But he came four snaps short of a you know a playing incentive to net a million dollars. If I'm the Eagles... I don't care how you get this money to him. You you could say we're essentially going to say we repainted right. the complex, the third floor, put it on the in the, you know, in the budget that way, and then just send it to you Nick. No, Shawshank house. Redemption <laughs> when there's like uh, like um, Red is told to go find the tree and the rock that has no godly reason to be there. Just put it under there. Just put, put it, it right under there. a rock. Well, you got Mark. You got an NFL insider downstairs explaining why this might not be possible for the Eagles to give him a million dollars. Well, it was it boiled down to potentially salary cap stuff. Right. But he also he cap. that same insider said when I asked about can you just stick it on the tab, you know, under something totally nefarious and strange, he said, "Well, that never happens." Right. He gave meaning, you a dirty of look it and walked away. <laughs> what a what a rough uh, moment though for the Redskins. That stadium was all green. 
it was all Eagles yeah, fans. There was no halftime entertainment, which is the first I've ever heard. There was just just like an empty field for 15 minutes. Like it's pretty dark there in Washington. Shook, let me ask you a question. I was a little upset to hear because you want a full strength Nick Foles in the playoffs because that's fun. The rib injury sounds like it could be problematic. Have you heard anything about this? What are they saying? Uh, I haven't seen any updates since he came out of the game, but it seemed like something where this was a game where he didn't need to come back in the game. It was but really, was really it, well, That's the question. He we'll said find he wasn't that out. sure. He said he wasn't sure if he'd be able to play. That yeah. they're going to do tests. They're, they're, they were pretty vague about it, and he's going to get tested. That kind of thing. Because that I mean, what happens th- to human society if, let's say, they had to put. Nate Sudfeld in and he ripped off three straight wins and won the Super Bowl. Well, and it's like, just blow the NFL up from the inside out. Here's the thing is he came in and immediately let a touchdown drive. He's he, I mean, he, he went one for tape one out there. That, that's leading it, though. I he's liked him in the preseason. Down. I thought he There's made a lot of big throws. Tape out there. I, I liked him in the preseason. Well, they gave they gave the Eagles an, an extra day for Foles to get healthy. They have the late Sunday afternoon slot to play the Bears, and that's a delicious matchup. And it's not a rematch. I'm glad there's been a you know the Bears Vikings again would have been annoying. There's a few too many of these rematches. Like this is a fresh like fun matchup. Philly at Chicago. I mean, with Foles with Foles and Sudfeld, there's just no need for Carson Wentz at this stage. I, just gotta, I would move, I just move him up to the front office and have him, you know, help make copies or you know, <laughs> send him to the, uh, pencils. the Poconos uh, office that uh, Chip Kelly once sent Howie Roseman. I'm sure it's vacant. <laughs> it's amazing how fast things change. Like, right. The middle of last year, we're saying that there's no player more valuable in the NFL from a roster building standpoint than Carson Wentz. Well, how about how fast things change? Three weeks ago, when the Eagles were going to the Rams as 13-point underdogs, their season was dead. We thought they're a totally dead team that has nothing to play for, and they hadn't played one really good game all year, and now here they are. Let us move on. Now they're throwing down the field, adjusting the rock caught. It's caught by Demarcus Robinson, and he's wide open near side. 20, 15, backpedaling into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. An 89-yard pass, and Patrick Mahomes now has hit 5,000 yards passing and 50 touchdowns in a single season. The golden pipes of Mitch Holtis of the Chiefs Radio Network. Patrick Mahomes, 89-yard score with Demarcus Robinson. Put the second-year passer in the hyper-exclusive 55,000 club as the Chiefs cruise to a 35-3 win over the wretched Raiders. Chiefs finish the season at 12-4. They are the AFC West champions. They have the number one seed in the AFC playoff. Shook, the Chiefs took care of business, and Mahomes likely locked up. Uh, MVP, it was one of the greatest regular seasons we've ever seen at the position. Broke 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Hard to argue with that. But in this particular game, the real thing I want to bring away from it is the Chiefs, despite all the rumors and concern about how they might not have a defense, those guys are still on the field, and they played pretty well this week. And and uh, Daniel Sorensen had a nice pick six. Reggie Raglan was a few yards away from having another one himself. So, don't, yeah, so the idea that people say... The Achilles heel of this team is their defense. You see some talent there. Well, maybe not so much on the back end. Um, Eric Berry was inactive today, so not a good barometer. But they are good at getting to the passer. I mean, if you go back and watch some of their tape, obviously it's Chris Jones is leading the way. But they are good at getting to the passer. And in the playoffs, that can sometimes serve as a difference. You said you wanted to add Chris Jones to your Pro yeah. Bowl snub. Suddenly there's a lot of snubs. We need to just expand the roster. Yeah, well, that was a top yeah. five defensive yeah. player this Chris, year. Chris Jones has been awesome. And Justin Houston's played well. D Ford's been a little quiet lately. They made a big change at cornerback last week, Charvet. Darius Ward, who's an undrafted rookie. He yep. started, played the whole game again. PFF thought he had a monster game for what it's worth. So a very productive day for them. I know it's like people just expect 
you know, they don't get any lollipops for, but if, if the opposite happened, we would be criticizing them and it's huge for them to get a week off. They will have more pressure on them than any other team though, for what it's worth. Every team's got pressure, but losing six straight at Arrowhead in the playoffs, that crowd's going to be a little tight. And Andy Reid. I mean, not that you see that necessarily play out on the field, a coach in terms of a legacy. This is a lot of ways has been set up as Andy Reid's year, and the and you can kind of picture him on a riser at media night come uh, come Super Bowl week. Pulling for you, Andy, and everybody's rooting for him because he's such a good guy and he's he's the Godfather. But he cannot go and out. They were for, and they're they're fortunate. You lose four games, you usually don't get the one seed. Uh, that's pretty rare, and so they survived this slump and still got the home field. And why not cap this season with one of the most impressive coaching efforts, burying one of the most depressing, <laughs> uninspiring, underwhelming coaching efforts we've seen in our time together at the NFL by John Gruden and the Raiders. Deplorable. <laughs> See, I think they came on strong Deplorable. late in the season considering the roster that they had. I, I, that's, they played a little March bit better the over the last show. month, Get but I'm telling you, this, is, th- this has to be as far afield from what all the hype train people riding that little ridiculous train off a cliff thought where they were going to get when John Gruden had 600 people at his introductory <laughs> press conference <laughs> acting like this was someone coming down from the skies like an angel to save the Oakland Raiders and the opposite is happening. There's something to it because it was almost like those trades of Mac and and Cooper was almost a defense mechanism against yeah. the fact like that. Hey, we can't coach and we can't we don't have confidence <laughs> to win games. <laughs> I don't know. He did come down from somewhere. The broadcast. Um I, I, I'm going to wait out the rebuild a little bit, but I understand. Oh, once, they get Mayock, once they get well, Mayock in there, we're going to be fine. So Mike Mayock was was put up as a potential GM candidate, and he's already told them he's no. In, he's I wouldn't want that job. No, he said he got an interview. He didn't yeah, he's interviewed. Yeah, well, that's it. we'll find out if that happens. And he's a strong candidate. I don't want to be that guy, by the way, with the whole we're pulling for you, Andy, because I like Andy Reid, but something about this Chiefs team I, if I had to stack chips somewhere, it wouldn't be behind them. Mm, Are you saying they've got a little Kirk Cousins in them? I think they do. Ouch. Mm. Let us move on. This is going to be a 26-yard field goal. Hashmark right side. It's a fake. They oh. throw it to Prater. He throws to the end zone. It is caught for a touchdown. Levine Toy Lolo. Taking this Matt game Prater in there. with like the that. right arm and showing <laughs> it off. How the good is that? Random game early. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I have some issues with Matt Prater. I didn't like his behavior at a Super Bowl media day years and years ago, and I hold grudges. He had However, an earring. I'll get, yeah, well, he had an earring, but that wasn't the reason, but it did get on my radar. <laughs> but I will give him this. He owns the NFL record uh, for field goal distance, a kick. I think he has a 65-yarder, 64-yarder, something like that. And he threw a beautiful touchdown pass against the Packers, a 31-0 win at Lambeau Field, a nothing burger game for Green Bay, trailed 21-zip. In the second quarter, lost Aaron Rodgers before halftime to a concussion. Shook, a nice way to go into the offseason for the Lions and another ugly day for the Packers. Yeah, the intrigue in this game was lost as soon as Aaron Rodgers left the game. But for those Packers fans who want to know what they have behind him, well, they learned they don't have much in, in the form of Deshaun Kaiser, who was pretty uh, predictable in, in his performance. But yeah, for the Lions, it was a great game. Uh, you know, it's not often you get a kicker throwing a touchdown pass to a former Atlanta Falcons tight end. And uh, it, it was a, it was an enjoyable day and a good way to go into the offseason for a tumultuous season that has been Matt Patricia's first. That Spider-Man meme is just Deshaun Kaiser pointing at Brett Hundley. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I know this game really doesn't mean anything um, uh, for either team uh, because Matt Patricia is likely safe and, and the Lions weren't going anywhere and the Packers are obviously eliminated. But Joe, Joey Fibbs, 
if he had any intentions of holding on to the job, uh, this was not the way you want to go into the interview process for what it's worth. I, it took me a moment to realize who you were talking about when you said Joey Fibs. I'm just waiting for Mark. <laughs> was the, was Mark there to, even a 1% chance right, of him getting this job? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for Mark to... Do as I told you so about Zach Zenner's 21 well, yard I, game. I'm just struggling. It took four I'm, years, but here I'm struggling Zach. with my I told you so over Zach Zenner. I told you so over the Green Bay Packers as an organization Ooh, this season. There you go. What are you struggling Ooh. with? Which one was more? Which one I was more dead on about? I, I'll have to sit and think about that for a little bit. I, right. knew, I knew when I looked down the list of games today that this would be the one where you guys would say this is the random game of the week. Yeah, and Nick, I. Uh, <laughs> And that's it for that game. We're not going to talk about it anymore, but <laughs> you have uh, provided an invaluable service to us this last month, helping us out with all these extra games. And for that, uh, we are indebted to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're replacing guys. Greg as of, uh, yeah, for tomorrow. a moment, Nick's eyes lit up like, oh, did they get it? Get me something? Yeah. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> he read my mind. I was Kind like, words. What did we get? That's what we can offer you. <laughs> and you know what? A little encouragement as you hit the gym to get a pump in. Because late night pump is the best type of pump. It's the only pump. There you go. Nick Shook. Thank you, buddy. We'll be in touch in the offseason. Not the last you're going to hear from Nick Shook on the Around the NFL podcast, one of our great utility men. I think look, he's getting bigger. Look at that body. It's absurd. It's almost getting to the point where you want him to take a little of the muscle mass away because it's distracting. Let's move on. Let's seriously. Let's move on. He fires the pass, and it's incomplete at the Steelers' 42 yard. the call Steelers radio network the Steelers got the stop they needed on D keeping their playoff hopes alive albeit only temporarily uh, with a 16-13 win over the Bengals at Heinz Field Pittsburgh struggled on offense with Antonio Brown inactive but did just enough uh, finishing uh, their season at 9-6-1 and Greg the Steelers were flat in a huge game it was a fitting end to a weird season that's really well said Thanks. because you get J James Conner Thanks back and you figure you're just going to roll in this game. And the defense held the Bengals to nine first downs. I mean, the Bengals could not move the ball. But it's a reminder how valuable Antonio Brown is. Not that that's the only thing going on, but they just the Bengals countered that by playing man-to-man -man defense the whole game. Mm. Juju couldn't get open. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had to make some plays, actually, at the end just to get this win. That scene on, on the field at Heinz Field after the game with everyone laying on the grass, watching the game, it was like, that was the worst picnic since Hanging Rock. <laughs> I don't know. Don't get the ref. <laughs> I do. I love it. But there are older people that definitely loved. I feel like the delivery I would say, was excellent. I would say people who appreciate uh, film that wasn't, you know, created between like 1985 and this year in America would would appreciate it. So like three percent of our audience. Hanging Rock is that what it's called? Yeah, it's picnic at Hanging Rock. It it's Australian. One of the most famous. Like, is it a horror film or like sort of a like a mystery? Horror, nice like that, ambiguous, know that. strangeness. Anyway. Well, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't have that horrific picnic had they taken care of the Broncos and Raiders and found a way to not turn the ball over five times and tie a Browns team led by Tyrod Taylor in the opener. This is the, This is every Steelers team ever, and we say it every year. They, they and they're going to keep Mike Tomlin, and he's lucky that that's a very patient ownership group, and they should keep him. I think he's a good coach, but right, this, this is the first is the, time they missed the playoffs in five years, I think. But this is quintessential Mike Tomlin down the stretch with the Steelers. You have to look at these horrific losses that, that close your opportunities, and you're sitting there waiting for a Browns team on the road to knock off a Ravens defense, please. And I can't. Dis 
disagree with what you said, Mark, at the top of the show, at the end of the day, the Ravens were the better team in the division. They are. And the better team won the division, and the better team will be playing next week. Let's move on. Brady takes the snap. He's going to lob it to the end zone right for Burke. On the money. Touchdown, Patriots. Tom Brady's best throw of the month of December right there to Rex Burkhead. That's the first time they've thrown Rex to the seam since New Orleans week two last year. Wow. Quit flexing. Deep watch, Jack. We get it. I watch the Patriots. Knew it already. Literally your job. Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak in the Patriots radio. <laughs> Craig throws up his hands with the call. Tom Brady threw for three first half touchdowns, four overall. The Patriots beat up on the Jets 38-3. to uh, That clinches the ninth straight first round bye for <laughs> New England. Uh, they finish 11-5. Listen, they didn't have a top two record in the conference, but it shook out well for the Pats as it always does. 11-5 gets us that bye. <laughs> That's an interesting so congratulations, way Greg, on your good fortune. Hey, Wes, uh, Brady picked apart a depleted Jets secondary in New England. They'll sh- they should, after the playoffs, feeling good about themselves. A n- nice way to get in uh, to their bye week. Absolutely. I don't know how much of a test this was. That clip we heard with the pass to Rex Burkhead was sort of a microcosm of the day. Sure, it was a really pretty pass by Tom Brady. It was also busted coverage with the linebacker and cornerback. So a uh, lot of that. Confused at who should be covering Rex Burkhead off the snap. So there was a lot of that. Um, this game was over at halftime, and the Jets were so shorthanded, especially in the secondary, that I just don't know how much of a test it was for the Patriots. Jermaine Johnson, one of the highest-paid players in Jets history, uh, not only was late for a practice, um, he also missed a team meeting during the week, so he started his uh, offseason a week early, and Todd Bowles sat him because of it. So by the end of the by the second quarter of that game, it was Jamal Adams and a bunch of retreads and no names in that secondary, and Brady did what Brady does. But I will say this. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the decline of Tom Brady, and certainly he's probably not the same guy he was even last year. But Tom Brady, I'm watching him. The guy, especially, you know, when you don't have a pass rush going after him, and it could be very different. That's uh, a major January. caveat. But if you could protect Brady and the and the Patriots have already won a playoff game, they got the bye. If you could protect him, figure out a way to scheme it up, and Bill Belichick's the best there ever was. The Patriots are not, by any stretch, dead. No. I would love to say they are, but they are not dead, and Brady is the reason why. This team, it was so crucial for them to get the bye. Number one, they're undefeated at home. I mean, they're the only team in the NFL that's undefeated at home. What do good teams do? I know it was against the Bills and the Jets. They they beat up on bad teams, and they win convincingly. And that's what the Patriots did the last two weeks. It wasn't the same close to the season you would have expected. But really, other than the Steelers game, which they certainly were in, I, I didn't see too many alarming things down the stretch. I, I They're not the same offense in terms of their explosiveness, but they have things to feel good about going into this game. I think they have a little bit of an identity with Devlin and Dwayne Allen on the field most of the time. That's just who they are. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to keep the score a little bit lower and hope that their situational football is smarter than yours. Todd Bowles fired um, by the Jets after the game. We had known this for weeks and weeks that this was going to happen. Um, he ends up losing 40 games in four seasons. It's very rare that a coach sticks around this long and, and gets fired, but it looks like Mike McCagnon will survive. We're going to get more into uh, the firings and who stays and who goes tomorrow. We'll have a very special around the NFL podcast, Black Monday edition, uh, but Todd Bowles out for the Jets and the Patriots have another bye, Greg. And they, and they uh, you know, 
First 31 offensive plays, Jets ran. 19 were for no gain or negative. Not a special. So Sam Darnold came into this game scaring us all in this room, saying we thought it'd be a close game. The defense closed pretty strong. Not a special episode for these people that have been shotgunned out of their jobs, Dan. I'm not sure that their families are going to gather around the hearth to listen to that that particular episode. I mean, special isn't always good, but it's it's different. It's kind of something... You feel for Todd Special. Bowles. He seems like, you know, Jam- Jamal Adams was emotional after the game saying he's the best coach he ever played for. And, you know, I think he connects with his defensive players and everything. It just didn't. Yeah, you hear it. You heard it time and time again. Bowles is well-respected and he'll land on his feet, maybe not as a head coach, uh, but somewhere, despite the Jets having a terrible defense many years under his, <laughs> his helm. So it was just, fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, Jets they g- cannot run the pa- rush the passer for the 88th year in a row, it feels like. Right. They gave up uh, 400 points um, twice in Bowles' four years, and that is Jets only did it in their history four times. So... They have a lot to fix, and Todd Balls won't be around to do it. Uh, let's listen, or let's hear from a sponsor, one of our favorites. Did you know that Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman? Lowe's is the new go-to destination where we can explore the latest innovative Craftsman products, including their new V20 power tool plat- battery platform. The Craftsman's V20 cordless power tool lineup features a high-capacity lithium battery that's part of Craftsman's interchangeable battery system, so it works with all the tools in their V20 lineup, giving you the runtime you need and the power you deserve, not to mention a longer cycle life resulting in an extended battery life. Oh, I love those brushless motors. They deliver high efficiency and greater durability. Pair them with Craftsman Power Tools accessories like drill bits, saw blades, and more. Greg's got them all in his garage. Oh, his hands got blisters on them, but he's a man that works. He works hard. Oh, but the family out of town, what do you think I'm doing the whole time? Just, they're going to come home. It's a whole new house. I built another one. <laughs> those hands are calloused with you alone in the house. For the I latest mean, Craftsman... Product updates, visit Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Lowe's is the new home of crafts. I don't want to know why. Deshaun takes the snap. Deshaun wants to run it. He runs in. Five-yard TD to take the lead. And Watson does the leap into the south end zone. Stands. Houston in front of Jacksonville to open the second quarter. Mark Vanderveer not too excited about the game. Listen, just sometimes you take care of business. Texans radio and that's what Houston did uh, D Watson threw for 234 yards ran for a score DeAndre Hopkins had a buck 47 receiving a 23 win for Houston over the woeful Jaguars the win clinches the AFC North for the Texans um, who really you know they withstood a charge there from the Colts who kept winning but the Houston Texans rarely let up uh, they go from 4 and 12 to 11 and 5 they got the AFC's third seed Mark Houston misses out on the bye but they go into the playoffs with a win Four seconds into the second quarter, Deshaun Watson took it five yards into the end zone for the 10-3 lead. Game over. Because what we were looking at was, from the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the most horrific performances I've watched on offense in decades. And it, it's, it, it essentially it reached its peak today. And the offseason cannot come soon enough for this broken-down team that had Leonard Fournette on the sideline pouting all day, all game long to the point where he got a, you know, a teacher's note essentially from Tom Coughlin along with TJ Yeldon for sitting by themselves, you know, away from the rest of the team, couldn't wait for the off season to get there fast enough. And he said it was unbecoming of a professional. Wait, we got to have player. the missive music for this. Go ahead, uh, Erica. 
I am disappointed in the behavior today from TJ Yeldon and Leonard Fournette. They were disrespectful, selfish, and their behavior was unbecoming that of a professional football player. Angry, Grandpa. I mean, that wasn't like a quote after the game. That was a statement, a statement. released on Team Stationery. That's it. We've reached peak Tom Coughlin. You're not getting any <laughs> that better ain't, than that. I mean, Leonard Fournette, remember, a number three overall pick, was he? For the man that runs the football operations to bury you with the state. That was Steinbrenner-esque. Yeldon uh, was active for the game, so wild. his behavior was I need to watch embarrassing, this. I feel I got to like. see what was going on. I, I it's think- almost like when, when you're a kid in high school or in Little League, there's always the guys at the end of the bench that have no interest in the game. That's what it was. They're just there, and they're just yeah. talking and messing around the whole time. Is that what was going on? I, well, I, th- I, don't th- I think the statement potentially could have been generated from the broadcast that cut to Fournette. I didn't notice what was he Yeldon doing? just sort of sitting on the bench, kind of like, uh, like when is the bus leaving? Okay. You know, like I've got to get home. I, I was, you know, I have a delivery coming at my house for like a late Christmas. Some writers were, were noticing it too, that they were off by themselves. Even when the offense was on the field, they weren't really paying attention. Yeldon was still on the bench while the offense was on the field. And he was in the, like he was active for the game. Well, I will say, where's the teacher's note for Tom Coughlin who traded a fifth round pick for Carlos Hyde and came oh, in and dead on arrival. He did it. Nothing today. He oh. did nothing. They have no ground game. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you came after the Browns for trading Carlos side. I initially, well, I thought he actually, he had some good games with the Browns. He does not look that way with the Jaguars at all. Whatever they wanted him to do, he Something fell off the water a cliff. He fell off a cliff. They're playing off a, a second string lineman at every position in Jacksonville. That doesn't they are. Help. They need. They need. They need this eight month break to go away and and come back. For the Texans, you put it well. It was just sort of a day at the office. I I'm a little concerned about. The where the this version of the Texans offense, it's not where it was weeks ago and months ago. Uh, I, I think they can get back on track. It's still just a lot of DeAndre Hopkins who had 147 yards. Oof. Lamar Miller looked healthy to me, at least. He ran hard, not for much yardage. That's a good sign. But they, I was a little concerned with the way they used Deshaun Watson. They're burying this team, and with two minutes to go, he's still running into traffic and getting walloped by people. It's the, like just pull him from the game or or operate differently, please. The way you the way Shook looks at the Chiefs as potentially vulnerable is how I see Houston. I don't I don't predict a long run. Who knows anything? But I just don't like how they've closed out the season. And this sounds like another similar effort where they won, but. Do you really think this team is hitting the is going to knock out a bunch of teams in a loaded AFC? Well, they got I lucky, know. I think, with the the draw that you get an AFC South opponent in the first round, and then if you win, then you go to New England. Those are more winnable games than other other possibilities. That's Houston's time slot now. That Texas the early has replaced West. Yes, it is. <laughs> what do you call it? It Texas has replaced. I mean, so, yeah, participated in West. It's the so early, many times, the yeah. early Saturday afternoon <laughs> slot. It always goes to Houston. I think is, we could get this trending, Wes. Well, Text, it's, it's only fitting because it felt like the Bengals for a while were just losing to the Texans every year on West of it. Well, here's the difference, though, that Deshaun Watson is involved. They have the quarter. Like, this is the first time that we're seeing Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. And he's done things down the stretch. And this game doesn't sound any different. That makes me believe that he can just carry an entire team. Because he has, basically. Him and Hopkins are carrying this team. And he has played. He's been a little under the radar. But I think over the last month, he has played close to that level that you're pretty much the same that Baker Mayfield and, and other quarterbacks playing at the top of their game down the stretch. That's where Watson is. The right? last thing I'd say, their defense also 
did everything you could have asked today. The one little note, J.J. Watt appeared to hurt his right arm. He, he was sort of, it was hanging in his side before the half, and he came back out with that big brace on, and he played through the second half, but... I want to single out J.J. Watt, and hopefully he's, he's healthy, but he had a sack and a half. That gives him uh, 15 and a half for the year. Finishes the league, uh, finished the season leading the league with seven forced fumbles. Wow. He is trailing now only Reggie White. Uh, he has four 15-sack seasons. That's Reggie incredible. had five. And Andrew Luck's going to win Compact Player of the Year, and he deserves to because he's a quarterback in the season he's had. But who knows? People slept. Uh, I feel like people slept a little bit on Watts' comeback. Right. Two years out of the league, essentially. Not everyone. Came back as a complete <laughs> monster. I don't think he's quite as explosive. He doesn't have the speed like the first few. He's steps. not what J.J. Watt was, but he's still one no, of the best he has, seven or eight defensive players in the league. He has the highest that. motor I've ever seen on a defensive player. And and we should mention they at one of their many statements and the Jaguars had a few was they announced Doug Marone will be back and David Caldwell, their GM, will be back next year. Wow. That was the more surprising part of the, the statement to me that that they're keeping Caldwell, who Bortles is kind of blamed on him and, and you know some of these other drafts they you know, people pin it on him but they are sticking with the same crew well, we can they get into a that shot more to tomorrow. bounce back if they get a quarterback let us move on Allen's gonna go home run ball deep Samuel makes the catch and scores a touchdown absolutely that's how you do this is how you roll Mr. Allen a big deep uh, uh, post route man-to-man -man coverage throws it over the free safety head and beats the corner and hits Samuel in stride. Mick Mixon and Eugene Robinson of the Panthers Radio Network with the call. Kyle Allen, an undrafted rookie, threw for 228 yards, two scores. He left with a shoulder injury, but by then the game was in hand. The Panthers cruised to a 33-14 win over the Saints. The Saints were playing for nothing, and Drew Brees was on the sideline. Uh, Greg, you didn't like the way the Saints ended their season, though, protect, particularly on the defensive yeah, side of the Yeah, I mean, ball. I, I don't know what to take from it, but all I know you is like it. something doesn't feel right when you see Kyle Allen going up and down the field on your starting defense, and, and football's a... A mysterious game. You know, it's it's a game of passion. But I saw Cam Jordan out there playing his ass off and Demario Davis and Marshawn Lattimore. They were all playing hard and there were tough plays to be made. Their entire starting defense was out there as Kyle Allen led them to three touchdowns uh, in four scoring drives in every first half possession. So I don't know. I the, It's not a big I don't think less of them long term, but I think it's fair to say the Saints have not been dominant in six weeks. That's just a fact that whether it's been the offense or, you know, the last couple of weeks of defenses hasn't played that well. They haven't been looking like the Saints from November and October the last five weeks. That's just a fact. You rather you rather be. They're the best peaking. team on paper. They're not right now, but they, they could obviously they could show up in two weeks and be. I don't think it means Monsters. much, but I just don't think they've played close to a complete game in a while. And I think that I'm sure that makes Sean Payton a little uncomfortable. And he was probably surprised Teddy Bridgewater and in, in, in the Saints offense couldn't do it. I mean, I'd also say that the Rams have been through their ups and yeah, downs. Yeah, and most every teams team in the NFC outside of the Bears have. No doubt. No the doubt. Panthers led 23 nothing at halftime. New Orleans... Um, had never been shut out at home in the first half. And that was the Teddy Bridgewater start today. And uh, there was a lot of uh, talk about this being a wonderful audition opportunity for Bridgewater entering free, free agency. We'll see. I don't know if it really is going to hurt his value, but he probably would have been better 
if he uh, lit it up and if he, did he not. didn't get outplayed by an undrafted rookie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of it was the Panthers defensive line dominated. And so Teron Armstead, the left tackle, was uh, sat in this game and another Saints offensive lineman was hurt early. Larry and, Warford sat and, out too. And they, they were bum rushing Teddy throughout the game. And actually he made some pretty, pretty nice plays. I didn't take too much away from it from him. To the New Jersey Middlelands. Can they make a two-point conversion? Snap to Prescott, rolling right, throwing in the end zone. He caught it, Gallup. Gallup for the two points. The Cowboys lead with a minute 12 to play. Oh, Brad Sham, you know him as the Sham God. Cowboys Radio Network. Uh, Dak Prescott connected on a two-point conversion pass to Michael Gallup. That after a 32-yard fourth down touchdown throw to Cole Beasley. A wonderful catch by Cole Beasley. Uh, the playoff-bound Cowboys nip the demon, 36-35. Uh, Dallas finishes 10-6. They host the Seahawks next week in the wild card playoffs. Um, really nice fade out there, Ricky. That was appreciate the, it. We were on like the same wavelength there, mm. and, and and I really I can't appreciate it enough. Soundboard yeah. gold. When yeah. you guys are in sync, it's just like magic. It's what like a Marino joy. to Clayton. A- ancient poetry. Thank you. Keep going. Marino to Clayton. I, I was like, who did Marino? <laughs> it's like two people there? that Erica doesn't know. <laughs> Dan what Marino was like, in that Ace Ventura Marino movie. came out first, and I was like, all right, who do you go with then? <laughs> uh, Jason Garrett mixes it up here. They in the years where he has had a good Cowboys team. And and there wasn't a lot to play for. Uh, he has sat players in the past and then been criticized for it when Dallas inevitably uh, came up short in the playoffs. In this game, uh, he kind of went halfway, Greg. We didn't talk about this. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you knew it, but I didn't. He did start Prescott, but he did set, sit Zeke, but he also sat most of his offensive line, which you could say was a little bit of a gamble, putting your QB one behind a most backup line. Most of his line. offensive line? Uh, I thought I read that somewhere. I could be wrong, but either way, there he got rewarded because Prescott came out of the game healthy, I believe, and also played his balls off in this game. He played tremendously, and that has to be a, a, a good uh, positive vibe for him with Seattle coming to town. Yeah, Ty- Tyron Smith d- did sit for this game, and so they started Cam Fleming, who almost got Dak Prescott killed. So that is a little strange. Zach Martin was always iffy, but I like that approach and the Cowboys now feel, I think, good about themselves to finish out a game like that. I mean, Jerry Jones was like saying you couldn't have come up with a better way to enter the playoffs than this. Well, also when well, you could have just blown them out. Leighton Vander Esch at one point goes down after getting uh, kind of rolled up on or whipped. It was kind of a, a tricky play. He eventually walked off under his own power and I think he's okay, but they cut immediately to the Jarrah suite and Jerry looked like he saw a ghost and he had a, he had a uh, rolled up uh, program in his hand and you could tell him gripping the program and like <laughs> crushing it in his hand. And Jason Garrett's life probably flashed before his eyes without even realizing it. They had a lot to work on in terms of their passing game. I mean, I, I'd be a little concerned that Amari Cooper hasn't gone over 35 yards in three straight games. They threw it to him 11 times today. It was you know terribly inefficient. So each week they've been kind of struggling to get through some things. The Raiders won that trade is what game. you're saying. No, they, they, <laughs> they haven't been in sync, which is why, why not get a little more. Practice? They did get a good game from Blake Jarwin. They have something at tight end finally, 119 yards, three touchdowns. I don't know if they have something at tight end. The Giants stink, well, today but they that did. was today they did. Today Blake Jarwin played like Jason Witten, like on uh, some type of a PED that has yet to be invented. It was a wonderful performance. Was this enough to get Eli Manning a two to three year extension? I think six to seven. Yeah, why well, settle? Go, go bigger. 
Eli played pretty Locked well. Down Shermer for another couple years in the game. Right, but this, the only real story on the offensive side of the ball for the Giants was Saquon Barkley. Um, I think he's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he uh, had another huge run. He went over 100 and um, has 2,000 yards as a rookie. Uh, all-purpose yards, also set like the mm. running back receptions record. I mean, he had a crazy season. So the Giants, they're set at running back, but they have work to do. Let's move on. Keenum in the shotgun and passing down, looking for Sutton all the way. And that one's picked off and could be returned for two points. Casey Hayward has it. Really one man to beat. Can he hold him off? He keeps his feet. And he's going to take it all the way for the two points. Casey Hayward does not have an interception this season, <laughs> but has a two-point conversion. First of all, very smart play by Derwin James not to get the block in the back. Right. Kind of left I mean, that one up to Casey, and Casey took <laughs> care of the rest. Uh, Money handled it perfectly. <laughs> Ooh, jaunty. Matt Money-Smith gets the unicorn call, the rare two-point reverse two-point conversion. It was a key play in the Chargers' uh, otherwise underwhelming 23-9 win over the Broncos. The Chargers end the season at 12-4. and They have to settle for the fifth seed in the AFC. Look at the Ravens on the road next week. Uh, tough draw, Greg, especially after what we saw a week ago Saturday. Yeah, I think they're going to be a little concerned about their offensive line and their offense in general going into the playoffs, especially considering the opponent. They only ended up with 276 yards in this game. Phil Rivers threw two interceptions, had 176 yards. And if you look at the PFF grades for the offensive line in this game, like the last few weeks, it's just a sea of red. That's what it is. You just look at the, the five offensive linemen, it's just a sea of red. And that means you're not playing well. I don't remember the last time you really were down on a player as much as you are down on Sam Tevy. Oh, of course. I mean, there's no doubt he's one of the worst starting offensive linemen in football. It's just that it's what it is. And they released <laughs> Joe Barksdale, Brutal. a veteran who went on to become the Cardinals' best offensive Joey lineman. Barks? Yeah, the, he's starting at right tackle for the Cardinals. Now he's the best offensive lineman, <laughs> which is damning with faint praise. That's true. Um, Vance Joseph, and again, the big... Black Monday special is tomorrow. As of this taping, still has a job. We'll see if that uh, remains the case. But uh, two years into his job, and the Broncos are going nowhere. Melvin Gordon fast. got hurt at the end of this game late in a pretty meaningless situation. Uh, and now, who knows what his status will oh be. Oh, my God. For next Again? Week. This guy he came injuries. off limping. I am convinced that there is some sort of ladder life family journey left for Matt Money Smith where he does. It is discovered, finally, that Tom Brokaw is his father. I know he has another father, I'm sure, in his life, but the Tom Brokaw is his essentially birth father. I do like the idea of Brokaw just catting it around. I feel like decades. our listeners could There's definitely some reports come up that with might some, have, that might have been the case. Could come up some with some like movie poster, <laughs> like father like son thing, and send it to money. You have reports that Tom Brokaw Brokaw was I mean around. It's the they are not current. They are, they are there were no there were some. Go look it up. There were some. He quickly said it's breaking news. He quickly quickly said absolutely not, and it's not fair to bring this up many years later. But go Google it. Let's reach out to Who's uh, the media insider now. <laughs> hey, Erica, I did not break the news. It's been it was like a news story like a year ago. Mark Sessler reports that in, Tom Brokaw. And by the way, I, I don't know what's true or not. And think Tom Brokaw is a accomplished journalist. So and speaking of journalism, if we're going to throw that out there, we need to hear the other side. So can we reach out to Brokaw's people? Let him know that Mark Sessler is reporting that. No. His, 
never uh, he was you know never someone that was loyal to women catted around throughout no, the 60s, is, 70s, it, and 80s. This is Matt Money's father. I don't want to <laughs> get into this. Craig, we suspect the desert will not like the Chargers this week. Mm-mm. In Baltimore, yeah, they'll be an underdog, certainly. Um, let us move on. Four-man rush from the Rams. He throws. It's picked. Middle of the field. Corey Littleton. Left side 10. Five. Touchdown, L.A. Corey Littleton with his second interception of the game. This one he takes back for six. Corey Littleton with a big play. Jared Goff threw four touchdown passes. C.J. Anderson went off for the second straight week, and the Rams took care of business. A 48-32 win over the Niners. Uh, Greg, with Todd Gurley resting his sore knee once again, the Rams are in need of a nice pick-me-up on offense, so they got it. They did, and they really got it on defense. I mean, there was a point in this game that Jared Goff was 2-for-6 for 16 yards, and they were winning 21-3. to And I think that has to make Sean McVay feel pretty good. Corey Littleton, two interceptions. Uh, Dante Fowler hit Nick Mullins, which caused one of those interceptions. Mark Barron had a big force fumble, and it was just a turnover fest. Their first four possessions by the 49ers, and that kind of let the Rams just enjoy a nice Sunday afternoon and then wait for a divisional round home game, which they'll be playing on Saturday night, which means this room could go if we so choose. Hubba hubba. Is the offensive slump over? I don't know. I don't know what to take out of beating up on the 49ers and Cardinals. They looked fine. They looked solid in both of those games. I, I, they, you know, they had real concerns and Goff wasn't playing well. And he played two just check the box. Nice games in a row against division opponents. They swept the entire division this year. That's how that's how they got to 13 and three is going six and oh in the NFC. West. And also what's good is Todd Gurley, by the time they do play their next game on a Saturday night and we may me may or may not be there. And if we are there, hopefully the Rams will connect us where we're sitting uh, within 300 to 400 yards of the action. That would be ideal. That would be nice. But Todd Gurley will have gotten about a month of rest from game to game on that knee. We don't really know how serious the knee injury is. The Rams seem to have been strategic about their how they were going to deal with their number one offensive playmaker. Uh, so we'll have a better idea when he's on the field. But he does get a lot of rest, and that's a good thing. I mean, and, and apparently C.J. Anderson, who wasn't good enough to stick with the Raiders for more than about <laughs> 40 to 50 hours, has found himself to be good enough I mean, to has, be a major player for the he Rams. Has 299 yards in the last two weeks. Not bad at all. Two, rushing yards, 299. Who needs Todd Gurley? Shout out to George Kittle, 49ers tight end. Goes for 9 and 149 on Sunday and breaks Gronk's single season record for most receiving I, yards by a tight end. I'm giving it to him over Kelsey. I you think make him your who's going to be your first team all pro Wes? Kittle, Kelsey or Ertz? Has there ever been such a good field? Probably not. That's, it's a tight one, and I want to study it a little bit more, but I had Kittle at midseason. He should be there at the end of the season. I mean, look at the guys throwing to George Kittle compared to the guy throwing to Travis Kelsey. That's fair, dog. Let's move on. Here it is. Tyler Rock with the snap. Kicks and puts it down. Seabass kicks it through, and the Seahawks win on the last play of the game. The 2018 season is in the books. The Seahawks go 10-6, and six, but more Yes, they are. Steve Rabel, Seahawks, Seahawks Brad, broadcasting with the call. Sebastian Janikowski made a 33-yarder. Final play. Seahawks uh, edge past the Cardinals 27-24 at the clink. 
They wrap up that five seed in the NFC playoffs. Uh, they get a matchup at Dolphin at, at Dallas uh, next week. Uh, you know, listen, they won. So you get, you know, there's a lollipop. Chris Carson went for a career high 122 and a touchdown, but this wasn't the best performance you've seen. And Russell Wilson in a game that didn't mean a hell of a lot for the Seahawks. Do you want to see Russell Wilson getting sacked six times? Do you want to see your special teams making a ton of errors uh, and letting the Cardinals who have the number one pick in April's draft, they're the worst team in football, make a ton of plays and hang around in the game. No, you don't want to see any of that. Uh, But Seattle, at the end of the day, like the Steelers, a good team that faltered a little bit, but got the job done against a much uh, inferior opponent. Yeah, Josh Rosen had a really nice throw that would have given them a lead yes, in the that fourth was quarter. That drop. Was a drop that could have been a nice moment. But ultimately, if you're a Cardinals fan, I think you've got to be happy to get that number one seed. This is the first time in this matchup, Cardinals-Seahawks, that the road team has won in five years. I mean, that the home team has won in five years. Really? Isn't that, it seems almost impossible. And you get the feeling, uh, and we don't need to spend much more time in this game, but you get the feeling that this will not be the last close game the Seahawks play this season. I think this team is built to yeah. play tight, taut affairs So is their first-round opponent. Yes. So I that would be like lock it up. My uh, I don't know what's going on with the Rainmaker, Greg. How do you do this week, by the way? Not good. Oh, no. No, no longer Parched. <laughs> right? Somebody actually tweeted. I don't know. Somebody tweeted at me remember. that with like a, a Vegas ticket that they were getting behind the rainmaker. You're literally hurting people now. Now I don't eat it. I don't even want to make fun of Greg anymore because I don't want the segment to go away. And I feel like he's feeling a little bad about losing. I mean, was this I don't like feel a, that bad? Was this like an honorary doctorate? If any, if any of have you my, actually been to if, like medical school if to any get of, this, if, this doctor? If any of my reign was going along with it, then I would feel even worse. But so you don't care as long as it's not. No, I, I care, but I mean, it's all. In you heard fun. that first, listeners. It's all in fun. Well, not to that guy that sent me his ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should pay. He put some guy. serious cash down on it too. He did quite a bit, quite a hey, bit of money. Each man is responsible for his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please don't let the rain. Grow up. You got to come Be back. An adult. It's like in Vegas, Greg. You, you're in a, you're in a you're in a situation now, and everybody that is, likes Vegas and gambles. Gets in that spot. Oh, sure. It's been a tiny sample size. Well, you let just got to keep finish. fighting through yeah, it. You, That's right. You can either bail. It's like you're on you blackjack. You're down 700 bucks. Am I going to quit for the weekend or am I going to try to get that money back? And it could go both ways. You could find yourself down 10 G's by the end of the weekend or you could rise back from the ashes. Which way I, is the rainmaker going to go? I, mean, I don't I don't go afraid. I don't go away. I just I double down. I think you got to bring back the Annie Lennox uh, sample. <laughs> and that will be the good luck you need. <laughs> Because Vegas is about luck. I think it's Nurse Rainmaker at this point. Whoa. <laughs> Rainmaker RN. He, he didn't get full. He didn't go to med school. I'm not convinced that the evidence is there, but I'm willing to see with the, the comeback story here. Let's see. Mark, I know you don't listen to the pod when you're not on it, but you should know that uh, Greg demanded that Erica scrub the Rainmaker That's with the true. Annie Lennox sample. I didn't from say scrub. We just used a different one. I found it's it interesting there. that it returned when I was not on the show because you're, it, it's on your radar that I don't like the segment and all these people are coming to me. Well, I think the segment is fine. I just want the results. That's to a be biopic way to look at it. I wanted to give it a few <laughs> weeks off and then, uh, you know, surprise with a nice little comeback. All right. Uh, what a showman. <laughs> exactly. It's a regular uh, gambling Freddie Mercury here. All right. The whole crowd in his palm of his hands. Let's move on. Kyle lines up as a fullback in front of Chris Ivory. The snap. Play action fake. Williams goes out for a pass. Makes the catch at the 40, at the 35, and he is brought down at the Miami 31-yard line. Kyle Williams makes 
as a fullback, and they threw it to him this time. A nine-yard pickup on the pass. The pass to Kyle Williams. That was a nice moment. Kyle Williams, the longtime Bills uh, defensive tackle, uh, makes a uh, catch in his last game. Anyway, uh, Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds both played big games for the Bills in their season finale. Uh, They win 42-17 over the Dolphins. Allen threw a career-best three touchdown passes, scored two more on the ground. Are you kidding me with this? Anyway, the Bills finished 6-10, and uh, Mark, uh, not a successful season in Buffalo, but there's some reason to hope in that city right now with this team. They got a long way to go, but there's some pieces there. The the week 17 moments that are very, you know, these two teams are essentially, you know, zero non-primetime AFC East teams that refuse to challenge the Patriots for supremacy. But the Bills came out of this. I think there it was a nice positive note to end the season. The Kyle Williams thing. I will say something about that stadium and that fan base. They exploded when that happened. And they are a great fan base. And it is a tough place to play week after week. And the Dolphins did not show up today. And this was... If anything, if this was Ryan Tannehill's last chance to say, here I am, keep me around. He threw two awful picks, had a strip sack, and I can't blame him for everything. That line, he is getting destroyed behind that line over this past month plus. But they just simply could not hang with the Bills. And Josh Allen, you go into the offseason... I wonder what the offseason narrative will be with Josh Allen because there are always these quarterbacks where, oh, they're refocused on this and get ready for X, Y, and Z to change. It, it's been every Josh Allen game ever. However today. you however you saw him going into the season, you'll see him now because there there's, he definitely showed plenty of good to go with the plenty of bad. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the what he does on the ground, he had two dazzling runs, including that second touchdown, which was a 30-yard scamper. I mean, Dolphins, not unlike Lamar Jackson to some degree, the defense had no idea how to react to him on the ground, but he, he is also guaranteed to throw a killer interception or two every game, and he did that today. But So it's like he's got to work on the quarterback side of it, not the ground side of it. Well, I mean, there's a lot to do there. I don't think he's ever going to be an accurate quarterback. I think he's probably always going to strut. He's always going to struggle with touch on his passes. But I think one thing he'll do in the offseason is clean up his footwork. Right. Can, but can yeah. you be like inaccurate like Cam Newton's inaccurate? Because if you can get to that level or, or how Cam has been throughout his career, then you got something and you can if, if he's at the level he's been at now, then you can't really. It would also help. Him. There's just not there's just continually not much around him. I thought that Robert Foster's come on over the past couple of weeks, had a touchdown today. But I mean, there's a. You keep the coach. Robert staff. Foster wouldn't start for 30 teams in the NFL. <laughs> I, just saying, in Buffalo, he's had good games. No, I, I agree, don't know what that means. There. I agree. Like, he's proven that he can run in a straight line and catch a ball. I just don't know how many it's, teams he would start. It's amazing to think about the, the Dolphins since the hail or whatever you want to call it, the last play against the Patriots. Ryan Tannehill in the last three weeks didn't top 150 yards passing once. He had one touchdown in those three weeks. Adam Gase, I think when we convene tomorrow, he gone. it sounds like he'll probably be gone, be gone along with the quarterback. And, and Tannehill, who his stats and the Dolphins fans always threw this at me. His stats looked OK this year. I think he was worse this year than he's ever been. I had him like kind of graded out as one of the bottom five or six starters in the league before this three week stretch. And I just think that's that's who he is. That's and we don't. On this podcast, we don't get everything right, but in this case, they are who we thought they were this whole season. Uh, he is also really playing behind a Dolphins. terrible line, but I'm, I don't think right. that, that doesn't define Ryan. But Tannehill they were they were like outscored by a hundred plus points. They were outgained by a thousand plus yards. Like this was a team that probably should have won four or five games, and they happened to win seven. This game also had the rare uh, 
triple ejection on a late hit to Josh Allen that resulted in Oh, Kiko Alonso is oh. a dirty player. I was just going to guess that Kiko Alonso well, delivered. And Kiko's like, a- what? Burfix out of the league? This is my time. <laughs> he, he loves going after quarterbacks, especially when the quarterback's going into a defensive slide position. And if he's a, a guy on your team, you like to have him around. But that dude drives me crazy. There were Dolphins fans asking me, where was Kiko Alonso in my defensive player of the year list? I was like, what are you talking about? Give me a break. Maybe defensive villain of the year. Am I right? I'm not going to extend it to 73 players. Oh, damn. Let's move on. 37 yards to win it for Atlanta. Snap. Drama. Kick away. And the ball game is over, and Atlanta wins. That's They don't call him Money Matt for nothing. No, they don't. Russ Durham, Falcons Radio Network with the call. Uh, yeah, uh, Money Matt made that kick. Matt Ryan had a touchdown reception. That was nice. He also threw for two scores and 378 yards. The Falcons end what's been, or what was, a disappointing season with a 34-32 win over the Bucks. After the game, the Bucks announced that Dirk Cutter was out as head coach after three seasons. Um, again, we'll talk about whether that's an attractive job opening on tomorrow's Black Monday show. Uh, but for now, Wes, uh, your final thoughts on these two lost teams of the NFC South. This game for the Buccaneers was essentially the same roller coaster as their 2018 season. They start out hot. You look at their stats and say they are allowing nine less points per game, nine fewer points per game under Mark Duffner than they did under Duff. Mike Smith. You see Jason Pierre-Paul is up to 12 and a half sacks. Vita Vea is playing great. When they have Gerald McCoy and Levante David, they're a better defense than people think. Jameis Winston has a career half, uh, career high for first half yards. So you're feeling like maybe we've underestimated where the Bucks roster is heading into 2018. And then the Falcons score about 30 straight points on them. <laughs> and um, you see that Jameis Winston has the most turnovers in the NFL since he entered the league. And you're wondering why we should care about the Bucks at all next year. And then they fight back, like get the lead. Like that's the most Bucks thing is after that point, then they scored 12 unanswered to get the lead and then blow it again. They announced when they said that cutters out that Jason Light, their GM, will mm. be leading the search and is staying. Okay. So they're going for continuity there. Mm. All right. Julio Thought- Jones deserves a little credit. What an unbelievable yes. year. Give it to 1,600 him. yards, 1,677, 113 catches. And there are so many times this year watching the Falcons, I just thought like – Damn, is Julio Jones amazing and just sort of lost this year. But this might, I think this was the best Julio Jones season he's ever had, which is saying something. He's incredible. And believe it or not, there are people who think he's one of the most overrated players no. in the NFL. And I'm just thinking, come on. Touchdown bias. What more does he have to do? He ended is, up with eight in the end. Anyway, he, he turns um, 30 the week after the Super Bowl. It is it is frustrating for a Falcons fan. He essentially burned a year of an all time greats prime, but at least he's delivering the number. Thought you might use the replay call of Matt Ryan scoring on a Philly special, but I understand that wouldn't help with well, the overall not, crumbling narrative you're trying to suppress. You know me why with. though? It's not special. Of anymore. course, it's not special. It's it just it's so just common. Not special enough. They're changing anymore. it to Philly common. I mean, how many helmet catches have we seen? Philly boring. I don't don't go down that this one road blew with up. me. That one blew up with me. <laughs> don't go down this road with me. I mean, the like, it, why not listen to the public? The public tells you twenty times every Sunday. Oh, the, the public is a wrong. bunch of people new to football in the last three years. No, 
The public sometimes gets something things wrong in this country. I can tell you that. Not this one. <laughs> Sunday night football. Not this one. Cling to your little helmet catch. David looks that way. Out of the pocket. Keeps his eyes downfield. Intercepted. Picked off by Kenny Moore. To the 37-yard line he goes. Andrew Luck, three touchdown passes. Marlon Mack goes for a buck 19. And the Colts defense shuts down Blaine Gabbert and the rest of the Tennessee Titans forever and always. A 33-17 win for the Colts, who go from 1-5 to 10-6. And and they are the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs, which are now set. Mark Sessler, an incredible uh, turnaround for the Colts, who are dead and buried. And they enter the playoffs as a dangerous team. And they prove themselves to be a better team than the Tennessee Titans. It's one of the most interesting. Okay. Hey, Carrie. Oh, oh, you like this new song. No, I have a whole other commentary about that song, by the way. No, you like it. It's, uh, we'll get, we can get to that on a, on a weekday show at some point. But, um, one of the most interesting, I'm just waiting for Erica to do that again, but waiting, I will not. But the, the ASC playoff picture to me is fascinating at last because. <laughs> you guaranteed yourself that happening. I know. It's a team like the Texans that start, I, well, you know what, I, I mean, it's not going to, I'm not going to stop. The Texans rip off nine wins. The Colts do what they did. And the and the Colts and Ravens completely transform themselves during this season. And it's almost like you look at the Chargers and say, I would not want to deal with the Ravens. And if I'm the Texans, I don't want to deal with the Colts on any level. And the Colts tonight got it done against a Titans team that is always points challenged. And they're certainly challenged through the air. They opened the game with four punts and closed the game under Blaine Gabbert with two picks and a out on downs. We talked about it on Thursday. And you better play it twice. Wes and Sess lock up oh, yeah. the Colts over Blaine Gabbert. Congratulations on that. <laughs> um, you can frame it any way you want. We, <laughs> we talked about I just said the facts. Um, on Thursday, we talked. I said I thought this game was a referendum, uh, Greg, on the Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota era in Tennessee. And yes, you say, oh, that's unfair. He didn't even play. But that's part of the point. And we, what we're hearing about this injury is that it was it's a serious injury. And they maybe he wouldn't even be able to play next week had they qualified for the playoffs. But if you're the Titans and you're spinning forward, you have to figure out what you are on offense because this team doesn't have a, a real identity behind uh, Derrick Henry, who caught a fire at the end of the season. Yeah, he, you know, Mariota didn't take a step forward, I think, in the way that Mike Vrabel and Matt LaFleur would have wanted this year. The nerve issue is a concern. But, you know, color me shocked that a passing attack in 2018 uh, with Michael Pruitt and Luke Stocker and Darius Jennings as like their second, third and fourth options, you know, didn't light it up. This was just a game sort of to get out of the way. And I thank the Colts for doing what they should in this game because this Titans team, they shouldn't have gotten to nine wins. I'm not sure how they did. They felt like they were too... Two front and center in this season, the Tennessee Titans. Like, they were everywhere, and we, well didn't, need, we didn't need them everywhere, and now they're nowhere. They were a solid, respectable team, and any time sure. a team beat the Titans, I gave a team credit for that because they come to play. Can we just book them for 9-7 and seven next year as well, well coach. and the year after that, and the year after that? That's three straight, yeah. I mean, come on. I, on the flip side, like Frank Reich, who I think all we all agree would, if he won Coach of the Year, it would be just to open this game on the road with two touchdown drives, the first that went 12 plays 
97 yards. The six, the second one, 16 plays for 95. The other thing about him I love, he started the year clean-shaven for the most part with salt-and-pepper hair. He's now sporting this gigantic white sort of semi-Santa Claus beard. It's like he's just allowed the seasons Who? to change. Frank oh, Frank Reich. Reich. I thought you were talking I mean, about Adam Vinatieri. He, he looks like Santa it, No, it was, suddenly they said, here's Frank Reich from 15 years into his Colts campaign. That's how he looks now. It's a great look. Um, and coaches age like presidents. And the season, Frank Reich, I think he, he's probably, could, is he going to win coach of the year? I guess I think it's really going to be him, anyway, but. him or Nagy would be my guesses. Yeah. But and he deserves a lot of good options. And it's such a, the Colts are such a great story this season. And it's exciting that, the, uh, that they're going to be in the playoffs because they can make noise, but from where they were, you think about where they were in January, Andrew Luck, still his future in doubt. They get left at the altar of Josh McDaniels. They get off to an one in five start where Andrew Luck, we're hearing a funeral march music behind him when you talk about him. And now you fast forward uh, to the last days of 2018 and they are a real threat in the AFC. This is going to be a great AFC playoff. And we talked about it on Thursday. It's a great wild card weekend. It's, Every it matchup is really the, good. The Steelers were a team that absolutely could hang with any of these teams. They missed the playoffs. That's how many quality teams are in the AFC. It's not the Texans' fault that they lost Demarius Thomas. They lost Will Fuller. Their offensive line is back to playing very poorly again. And you could say this about the Colts at several stages throughout the season when they were banged up. But right now, the Colts have a stronger team than the Texans. Well, they and they just mm. won in Houston. I mean, that was probably the key win of their entire season. Was what was that three weeks ago when they when they won in Houston? Right around the point where you know started wondering if the Colts could finish this off. I, I remember those articles a couple of years ago where it was like AFC South rising. This is the division of the like the young quarterbacks and the good team. And it's like wish casting back then. It didn't exactly happen, but here How we many are. Years did and, Mark write that? I, I wrote that. Mo- <laughs> I wrote that until at one point um, I had to sit down like at the owners meeting with Chuck Pagano, who got very annoyed with me when I when I pointed out that the AFC South continually gets hype and underperforms. And he did not <laughs> like that at all. Well, it took a little while, but here we got Deshaun Watson. We got an AFC South game kicking off uh, the playoffs. Text of this. And we got Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck, two quarterbacks. I'm thrilled to see in the playoffs. And we have a fraught relationship, obviously, with Titans fans. But but here's the thing. Titans. We tunes there's no wiggle room here you had your first encounter with the Colts you lost 38 to 10 and then tonight 33 to 17 neither game in question for more than maybe three or four minutes total take care of your own business yeah and it's another long offseason Titans fans of hearing me say that word that you hate so much I think they have a lot to be proud of. They played hard all year. They exceeded expectations had some good coaching wins. staff coached well it's over <laughs> They need to get some playmakers. They don't have enough difference makers on both sides. It's a very like a roster that's very middle of the road. Not bad, not good at a lot of positions. All right. So here's here's what's coming up on the Around the NFL podcast and related properties. Tomorrow, Monday, will be um, a double header. We'll do our Twitter show, which will be a really good show. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out because we're going to have Mike Garofolos on the show to talk about Black Monday. We're also going to have... Uh, move the sticks. I, I didn't, I wasn't responsible for the booking on this, but Daniel Jeremiah is going to be on the show. So that's going to be fun. That's our Twitter show at four 30 Eastern one 30 Pacific. And then we will also tape a special, very special around the NFL uh, podcast, black Friday edition, where we go through all the comings and goings of the coaches. Uh, we'll also have uh, shows on Wednesday and Thursday, which will be act as our uh, wild card round preview show. Sounds pretty good, right? We're busy cranking.
Cranking content. That's what it's about. 2018 content. Keep grinding, Sessler. Grind 30, Mark. I am enjoying myself. And it's the end of another regular season, Mark. Our ninth at this company. How about that? Yeah, I mean, tall order to get to 10, but we've done nine. Something certainly will sweep us out of here by the end of next Will season. we make it to 10? All four of us? Yes. One of us will be taken out. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think all four first. of us will. No, that was the first thing you said is probably what will happen. That's a horrible way to end the show. I don't like, I don't like that. You said it. I don't believe that. Stan Hansen. You said it. I hate that you said it, but you said it. Well, it's Greg. Sorry, Greg. Signing up for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.